0: Hi, John.
1: Hello, my Black Queen.
0: <laughs> it's not right, but it is. It's not right, though. How are you? Want, you?
1: you want to be the Black Queen? Oh, I'm, I am. I I'm want to be the figure. Queen of Green.
0: Oh, babes. We no,
1: I'm sorry. I'm still in House Black.
0: I thought so. <laughs> so uh, you are the Lainor to my Rhaenyra.
1: <laughs> oh, thank you. you know,
0: except for all of the, you know, smashing heads. Um.
1: But she did let me sail away on a boat.
0: I did. I did. Um, how are you? Happy Good. final episode.
1: Happy final episode. We made it. We've made it through a house full of yeah. dragons.
0: We have, um, as TikTok calls it, dragon tails. Dragon tails. Which it I love. really
1: is such a dragon tails. It's amazing. It really
0: is. Um, I think once you start focusing on the dragons, you're able to get through House of the Dragon easier because it's hard. It's hard. If we learned anything this this episode, it's that um, there's a lot of loss coming our way yeah
1: I think we've told everyone this but in some of my Instagram mentions like I I just want to alert everyone that if you are shocked by the ending of this episode buckle up buckle up buttercup (laughs) also (laughs) like go read the book it's literally so easy and in front of you
0: yeah I so I actually wanted to start with that um john i'm perpetually online we know this um yes yes. we're not on tiktok or twitter or insta um not facebook though and probably not twitter for much longer at the rate we're going um with elon musk but i'm perpetually online and so back when game of thrones was on my favorite thing right was to once we had gone off book to look at different people's theories, right? Um, and what what do we think is happening? What do we think this means, right? Not that it mattered with how they butchered the show, but it was fun. It was very similar to the highs of when we were really young, super young, babies, not in college, that the final Harry Potter came out and we were all speculating on what would happen. Um, however, I've noticed a really weird trend and I was wondering if you've noticed it too. Um, there are folks making predictions for who dies and who lives online. Oh boy! And I'm just like, I don't know how off, how many times do, d- does everyone have to say, this is not like Game of Thrones. It is a complete book. It's done. Um, sure, there's some deviations, and we'll we'll talk about a big one on in this episode. But like, it is not. Uh, it's not going to deviate to the point where people don't die or people are not killed by a certain character um like there's just nothing really to speculate on that level um but i I am having fun watching like what we must have looked like to folks right
1: yeah it's interesting because it's like i'm so sorry i was at book soup here in west hollywood over the weekend and i opened up right to the page where what happens at the end of the episode happens
0: if you're listening to the podcast you're you're clearly coming for a recap so we're talking about Luceris's death right
1: yeah we're talking about Luceris's death because i opened up to it accidentally didn't even realize the part i opened up to i was like oh let me just reread this section real quick so i can prep myself and we all know what the show describes it as what the books do is something very different but i was like there it is in black and white or black and green."
0: We, black and green, we were never not going to get here. Right. And so it's just interesting. I'm just like really having kind of like a laugh going through, like when I fall into that side of TikTok in particular and being like, okay. Um, but then like also open to the fact of like some stuff has surprised me. Right. So we're going to talk a little bit about Amon's um, deviation from Canon, uh, that I think is monumentally important. And then For folks who are also perpetually online, we'll talk a little bit about folks being really up in arms about um, Damon this week. And John, we'll get your take on it. I have mine. Uh, But just overall, I think it's been a great season, right? And I think um, this episode was slower than the Green Council, right? The Black Queen. It's a
1: slow burn.
0: It is a slow burn. It is, um, if I I read a a review that said, this is a procedural, like this is like, hundred percent of procedural. We're watching people move chess pieces. We're watching like step-by-step step how mistakes get made in a war. Um, and that's very, very different, I think, than Game of Thrones, which was doing significant world building for seasons upon seasons, right? Um, and was doing a lot of lore building. And like, we don't need that in House of the Dragon. We're looking at a really contained fight and a really contained clusterfuck of people just making mistakes a lot Uh, of them right (laughs) mistakes in perpetuity is the name they thought about before house of the dragon so i think i think we dive in i think we dive in and we chat through this episode i
1: think think? we i think we dive in maybe above god's eye one episode (laughs) but that's a joke for all the book readers but yeah let's let's get into it
0: let's do it All right. So like we said, the black queen, I I thought it was a slow episode and I knew what was coming. Right. Um, I don't know who you watched it with, but I watched it with uh, my brother JP and my husband Brent and both of them had no concept of kind of what was coming. Oh, really? No, I'm the only one who's read the book in my Game of Thrones pod. Um, and also, our theater that was showing Game of Thrones is no longer showing Game of Thrones. We think they might have gotten caught, so it was kind of a bummer because we had been watching it on the big screen a couple times, and so I was really, really hoping to see um, Luceris's downfall uh, on the big screen, but we didn't get to. But I did have that same feeling of the red wedding, um, kind of of waiting, waiting, trying not to make eye contact. Trying not to let them know that I know that something huge is coming, even though we all know something huge is coming. Um, and I think for the most part, I did fine until later on in the episode. But this yeah. episode starts strong, right? Like we we know that um, Rainy's is coming, and so when we get that beautiful opening scene, right, of Rhaenyra with um, Luceris and that like intimacy of mother and son. Right. That's the first pull I got in my stomach where I was like, yeah, oh.
1: when they kind of have that goodbye scene.
0: Kind of. Yeah. And where he's like, I'm just not like you guys. Like, and I'm like, me too, kid. <laughs> me but too, guess like- what?
1: You don't have much longer to worry about it.
0: You know, you really don't have to worry about the Driftmark throne. Not a big deal. Just d- definitely not in the cards for you. Um, but I do think it's interesting that we get this like soft moment with Rhaenyra, both mothering him and also like, Having that intimate human moment of like, hey, I'm not the mythical woman in your head, right? I was scared, I was confused, I was a lot of things. Um, so I really I love, I love that. Right. And then we get the news that Rainies is there. And in the context of the exchange with Luceris, right, it kind of pits it like, oh, Lord Corliss is dead. Um, I don't know if that's what you thought.
1: Um, I didn't think he was dead.
0: He's too good an actor to be, dead. he's too
1: good of an uh, actor to be like, Oh, we're not going to use him anymore,
0: right? Uh, not in an off screen death, right? Uh, like, come on now, no, he but, gets to
1: go uh, out in his full glory,
0: exactly. But Luceris definitely thought potentially he had died, right? Yeah, so, um, we've got Rhaenyra who finds out, right, that like, I'm not gonna judge how Rainey's said it rainies has pr- been pretty honest with like this is who i am right so when she comes in and she's like um viserys is dead i was like man cushion and, that a little bit
1: and like i would have like i, I was ex- i was expecting I like her to jump in there and be like blah 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 she's like um hey guys like could i like talk to you over here a little bit and oh by the way your dad's dead and the greens yeah. took her
0: yeah, it was like a really kind of like, I again, I think it's it's really good um, choices for that character, which is she was robbed of being a part of this drama. So like there's this kind of like wall she puts up of like, hey, if you stole the crown from me, you're also going to steal the anxiety of having to worry about your bullshit, right? Yeah,
1: like I don't really give a shit about your bullshit, but you're going to have to do this. She is the shadiest of all shady queens. Um,
0: I like her a lot.
1: I love um, Eve best.
0: Yeah, I, I would say that um, of the of the three queens, uh, I think I think we're looking at potentially a, a best supporting actress, right? I, I really do. Um, I I think uh, Emma Darcy is is probably a, a lock in.
1: I'm like um, so attracted to Emma Darcy.
0: Well, and funny you say that because like I was going to say that um, I was on a really interesting thread of like, Emma Darcy is non-binary, right? So if they get um, a nomination, the conversation is where do they land, right? Um, Because all of our nominations are gendered. And I didn't know this, but I guess when The Crown got nominated, right? And the actor that plays Diana, I can't remember their name right now. Um, I think it's Emma as well. I believe Um, so they got put into the best actress category. So uh, I think we're we're moving towards starting to have the conversations, but we're clearly not there. Um, but Eve Best, 100%, I think, is is a shoo-in for Best Supporting
1: Actress. I mean, she's and, been nominated before for Nurse Jackie, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Yeah, and they'd be an idiot to... So Game of Thrones very famously submitted everyone, right? As, as lead actors, um, out of solidarity to each other, I think. Yeah, um yeah. so it'll be interesting to see how this this plays out but all right so Rhaenyra is like my dad's dead and she's like one second and you're not queen um <laughs> and again she's pregnant um and she starts to experience some severe pain yeah distraught right that Aegon is now the crowned prince and that the crowning happened in front of all of King's Landing like- which like Rhaenyra, I think, has fumbled the bag on being queen, but she did hear when Daemon was like, "What matters is what the people think, not what you think of yourself."
1: She knows how smart they were. They were like, "We're gonna do this because that's how Otto Hightower is both written and acted brilliantly." But they're like, "You know, we're not only gonna take your throne, girl. Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna do it in front of everyone, minus right. you it's not know, not as
0: simple as like a family fight, right? Like the for the for the people of King's Landing, he is king." right um so yeah uh Damon does kind of shade raineris by being like i'm sorry and you didn't dracarys them like what so what were you doing right there right and she kind of like she says something that i think is like really important which is like 100 percent there's a war that's about to be fought but i was not lighting the match
1: i'm not lighting the fire which
0: i don't think it's necessarily fair because i think the match was lit by the high towers
1: yeah so that match too- is already lit girl
0: yeah, like you had every responsibility to dracarus dracar- the shit out of the high towers. And by not doing that, I think this is important to note when we talk about Damon later. This is Damon noting one of the first fundamental mistakes the blacks make, right? So this could have been done, like taken care of. And we're about to see some more mistakes made, right? Um, So Rainey's being like, not my problem, major mistake. And the fact that she would absolve herself of being a major player in a war, right? Costs them the easiest out of the war, right? I don't think Rainier's, not Rainier's, uh, Rainier's knew that, but I think it's impossible to not hold her accountable to it as this war progresses. So- Do you think that
1: like there's a chance in her? I don't know, like Eve Best plays it so brilliantly, but I feel like Eve Best knows how all of this ends in a way. I don't know. I, I just kept looking at her being like, why didn't you do this? Why wasn't it written this way? Because the, the showrunners make a very specific change at the end of the yeah. episode about why the war did start when we all know that that's not why the war actually started.
0: Yeah, I'm going to see something I think that might be unpopular, but I think it's bad writing. Yeah. So yeah. there's some, some issues with the women's agency in these last two episodes, which um, the writers and directors have really stood by. And I'm like, wait, we went from women with a ton of agency to women very much written explicitly not having agency, right? So we have um, Allison, who's like, wait, you all have been planning to put my son on the throne. And I was like, I'm sorry, did I hallucinate? We know that. You were there. You were there for conversations. So like that sudden, like, I don't even, like, I don't know what's happening. My dad's in control. All of that felt really kind of misguided from a writing perspective and also really paternalistic that like the men are moving the chess pieces in this war they're not and then here I think we also get a bit of a a fumble and I think the fumble happens with internalized misogyny so Rhaenyra goes into labor right now right and Full
1: on excruciating labor which I have read some articles because you know i think how they've depicted labor here and what they've tried to do like through a bodily autonomy but through various experiences in essence to like show that some of the bloodiest fights are fought by women not men in a way i understand doing it once in the beginning episode the episode obviously yeah but like number three like I'm not trying to say that they're recreating oh, the rape scene narrative, but like, come on.
0: I will say that I, like, it made me laugh. I was watching it and my brother's like, I, could, could we, how, how many birth scenes are we going to get? And it did not come from a place of like, ew, birth. It came from a place of, okay, we watched Ama be butchered alive. Butchered right? alive. Right? We watched Rhaenyra, after giving birth the first time, bleed through the halls of of King's Landing and the Red Keep, Right? And then here, like, just like a really gruesome birth. And like, when you contrast that with the men showing power and the fact that we've got kind of this insinuated, like the women are fundamentally rooted and stuck in their ability to give birth and their inevitability of them giving birth, that I'm like, it doesn't read that way. It doesn't, like it reads much more like, happens like it's just like a side notation right for most of them of like and rainier gives birth again and again and again and again because she's a hoe right god bless her versus oh shoot rainier is giving birth shoot okay like let's go well, with men
1: like what are they doing with this like narrative here like the game of thrones i'm, I'm, universe. Really,
0: I'm uncomfortable with it and not because of like one i watch horror like like more than most folks i'm not opposed to blood i'm not opposed to the truth of like birth is where women die right but it's not where their power is even
1: today in our current world
0: as much today in our current world like um but yeah no we'll get to it but just mm, it's, it's not my favorite it's not my favorite that we continue to circle like vultures around it um and we didn't in game of thrones and i'm gonna give a give some some space to the fact that there are much more women writers in this writing room than Game of Thrones. So I've talked about this before. My dissertation in college before I was a PhD candidate dropout was um, women's anxiety coming through in writing. That's literally what I wrote about on a doctoral level, right? And so I'm going to try to make some space for we're actually seeing the anxiety women are feeling in this moment which cannot be divorced from the writing coming through in the writing by the highlighting of this violence right so that is the space i can make for it um without also being like we're also like completely stripping these women of their narratives through the through their inability to escape it
1: um it's it's like i'm not a fan of i don't I understand the Amos scene, but like the biggest criticism, and we've talked about this with Game of Thrones was stop using women's bodies as narrative plot devices for poor writing. So stop using rape as a scene for narrative discourse. It's not okay. And I
0: never thought we would talk about birth in the same way, but like, here it is. And like, I do feel similarly about it. Um, It is being used as a narrative plot point, and we're still watching women suffer and die um, in ways that like, Deserve critique and deserve analysis. Um, but let's talk a little bit about this specific, right? Like birthing scene, right? So, this is famously in the book where Rhaenyra, according to Mushroom and other folks, potentially gives birth to a half dragon, right? Give me that.
1: Give me that. Give, give me exactly. that at
0: the end of like a really awful scene as payoff, right? Not that this baby who is mildly scaled, right? mildly like you have to have read the book to interpret that scene as she gave birth to a half dragon so anyone listening who has not read the books hi my name is Marcy and I've read the books and in the books Rhaenyra gives birth to a half dragon what that does for the lore of the Targaryens what that elevates in regards to discussing like their relationship with dragons which we will talk about later on as well like what like why leave that out why kind of give the nod to it without digging into it right um, and you don't have to dig into it for a very long time, but like, show me a wingspan that makes the women in that room gasp, but also have like a significant amount of like, like fear respect of like. Okay, so reminder, reminder. It's not just the high towers versus the Targaryens. It's the high towers humans versus the Targaryens semi gods. Which is how they're viewed in King's Landing and in the Seven Kingdoms.
1: And which is what Damon keeps trying to get across to everyone.
0: Yeah. And I want to, I want you to say that louder and louder as we get to the scene where people were like, that's not Damon. And I'm like, one in character, two, fair enough. Fair fucking enough. And we'll talk about it. But yep. okay, we have this birth scene, right? And during her giving birth, Damon kind of like shaz like sachets into the war council we're supposed to interpret it a little overly kingly I don't feel like that's how it it is um and I think there's a desire to pit Damon and Rhaenyra against each other from the writers that isn't there in the book and isn't there in the fandom at all so we are going to get some tension right because I I there are multiple writers who have come out in confusion of people being like I love Damon. and I'm like fine fine right like Galer's versus Hetlors, De Maria's versus not cool. But the thing is, he's George R. R. Martin's favorite character, and he's on record saying, "I like him because he lives in the gray space." So we do not need a full blown out villain. We've got Sapphire for that, right? Like, no, we've, we've got, got some
1: characters got the characters. villain space.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. So, um, so, Rhaenyra is in the throes of dragon birth. She gives birth to a stillborn half-dragon, half-child, right, who, while she's doing all this, she does tell Joceris, like, hey, keep an eye on Damon. Like, I'm still in charge. And that matters because you are in direct line of succession. So you protect me, you're protecting yourself.
1: It's that scene in The Crown where they're all of a sudden, like, when the queen grandmother starts bowing to Queen Elizabeth.
0: Yeah, kind of. Yeah. And so she's- She gives birth to the still the stillborn child. She is like, I'm gonna take it upon myself to cremate her. Um, I'm going through all this pain. I will say I really love that they gave Damon that scene where he experiences the loss, right? As well. Um, I think it's to ground right the rage that they feel in this moment. Um, while Rainira is is, I think, a little traumatized by the loss, Damon feels like unimaginable rage, right? Yeah um and so they're going back and forth in regards to like what happens next right um and Rhaenyra is kind of like constantly putting the brakes right she's like i want to get our allies in check i want to make sure everyone is lined up like even when they're like hey so we keep talking about humans but like there's dragons in the room like let's there the, the pink elephant of the seven kingdoms is dragons right and damon's like yep Yep, we could. Well, they're that. all
1: like, we have mass weapons of destruction. We can just right. go do it now. It's the Daenerys thing, right? It's what everyone kept saying to Daenerys. I actually went back and watched the episode where Lady Tyrell's like, "Are you a sheep? No, you're a dragon. Be a dragon." And I feel I like that is. Lady,
0: I thought of her so much during. So there's some flipping here that I think is really interesting. So going back to Olenna is really important, right? Because she just famously directly looks at Danny and is like don't be an idiot. You have a dragon, end this. You have three
1: at that time, by the way. Three dragons,
0: go end this. Like it does not need to be what it's about to become. Um, She is a descendant of Alicent Hightower. And so I think it's really funny because like, she's pretty much advocating for what should have happened in the war that would have potentially not allowed her line to continue. Um, But it's true. And so when Damon's like, all it takes is like, five of us, seven of us riding out, circling King's Landing, poof, it's done. And still less people will die than if we bring all of the Westerosi houses to fight, right? And like Rhaenyra was like, no, no. No. Um and we had seen this, right? In the last episode when Rhaenyra says to Otto, like, you'll have my answer on the morrow. And we're like, what do you mean you'll have your answer, right? So that was the first one that I was like, nope. Um and then when Rhaenys comes in is like, I didn't your car is anyone, it's a big nope. And then when Rainier is like, um, I don't think we should do that. I think we should be super diplomatic. Nope. Nope. Right. Um, so when we get to the scene, right, where Damon and her are arguing and everyone leaves the room, and Rhaenys does that quick smile of like, this is gonna get ugly. Um, where Damon chokes, right? He like angrily like grabs Rainier by the neck. Yeah. Folks freaked out and were like, it's character assassination. I'm going to be really unpopular for a second. No, it's not. I think Damon's the only one reading the room. I am not making allowances for violence against women. Um, But if we look at them as two equals who come from the same, they're literally family members, come from the same house. They're watching the same events unfold, but only one of them seems to be reading the cards versus everyone else being like, it'll be fine. We'll figure this out. I understand Damon's fury and frustration and like, I feel like it's a metaphorical shaking Rhaenyra by the shoulders and being like, are you, have you fucking lost your mind?
1: Well, they have this moment when he's grabbing her and by the way, bad, but I, I, in my head when I I rewatched it-
0: We think it's bad when a man puts hands on a woman. Yes,
1: just for the or- record. But I i was trying to look at the scene and I, cause they have a bond that we haven't really explored in the show because of the time jumps. So, and how they're written, it's very, they're very tight and Damon's written a very specific way, way in the books. And I i had, when I rewatched it, I was like, okay, he's literally looking at her and the hand on the neck metaphorically was like, they are going to kill you.
0: Yeah everyone's going to die, right? Like everyone. And I just think it's like, really like, I get where as a f- fire-blooded Colombian, like, I was just like, I get, I get it. Like if that was my wife, I would also be throwing hands because I'd be like, how many of these like opportunities where we could end this, are we going to pass up before we can't? Right. And like, I think it goes all the way back to Vagar, right. Where like, the loss of Vagar shifts the war that that wasn't even there yet. Yeah. Because Vagar is like 10 dragons in one.
1: Yeah, he's he's the oldest dragon, the largest since belerion
0: she, she, she's gorgeous. She, sorry. She, she is
1: gorgeous. Yes.
0: But she shifts the narrative for the, the high towers and the greens. And I think Damon knows that. And also, you know who else knew that? Amund, when he was like, It's all right, mom. I may have lost an eye, but like. We gained like the keys to the kingdom. They
1: they the know, know what happens. It's like they got Valerion yeah. right then and there,
0: right. So then we do find out that Lord corliss is getting better, right? And um, him and Rainie's have a have a kiki, right? Where like he actually does what she's waited for forever, which is he's like, I've been chasing the crown for too long. I've been selfish. Like let's just let's just go back to Driftmark. Like let's just go. Like let's focus on family. And interestingly enough, Rhaenys is like, well, the problem is um, those boys have Laenor's last name, but they are Targaryens and they'll be in danger as long as the greens are hunting Targaryens, right? So Lord Corlys, I think we have like a really good moment between them, which is like, he gives her everything she wants and to a certain extent she gets to hear it, but also puts it to the side for her, I'm using air quotes, grandbabies, right? So after that we get we get a bunch of different rooms right in the war room. Oh, we haven't even talked about it. How gorgeous is the war table fully lit.
1: Wait until Etsy gets a hold of that. And I'm redoing my apartment right now and I'm trying to make less things in my world. But don't you think I haven't been been searching for real life models of that?
0: That table is to die for. And I think it's those little secrets that come from from the from the creative team that I'm really grateful for. So we have a relationship with that table all the way back, right? All the way back to Stannis, to Stannis and then to Daenerys, right? And now we are in um, a completely different series, right? And like, we're like, oh, I know that table. And then it does something unexpected. And it's like, it's those tiny details that I'm like, yo, it's very similar to when we started the show and I was like, pay attention to the costumes, which by the way, Rhaenyra's dragon Um, dresses in this episode are insane. Uh, Rainey's dragon warrior episode, the dragon rider episode, uh, not episode, costume, insane, beautiful, gorgeous. Everything's
1: Um, stunning. The costumes themselves are stories.
0: Yeah, but the table's really exciting. Um, But like I said, we have tons of episodes around, tons of moments in this episode around the table where it's just folks moving chess pieces. Um, So Lord Corlys um, and Princess Rhaenys are supporting the Blacks. That's the first like strong allyship that they have. Then we have um, Sir Eric, right? Who arrives at Dragonstone during baby girl's funeral, right? With uh, the crown and saying, I don't think Aegon is fit to rule and I'm here to serve the queen. So he, so Eric with an A leaves Eric with an E, back in king's landing to serve rhaenyra so we've got another house split
1: we've got we've we broke up the erics
0: we broke up the erics um my brother was very happy to get two erics because he can just call them eric since they look (laughs) exactly um but also a nod to how many actors from this series have been pulled from last kingdom um really hoping for Utrid, son of Utrid, to be pulled for Craig and Stark I know that people are really rooting for Henry Cavill but one say no to alleged uh groomers and b I'd really like to see more of the uh Last Kingdom folks pulled in for the show but all right so we have Sir Eric uh who is also with Lord Corliss right um is the crown Ama's crown
1: I actually would have to go back and look but I believe it is no that's her father's crown
0: is it her father I thought because because Aegon has the conqueror's crown right yeah
1: that's that's a different crown
0: okay so it's her dad's crown yes all right so then we're having this conversation about who's going to support her claim to the throne and the main backers they want are the Aaron's the Tully's and the Baratheon's right houses that she's connected to by blood on her mother's side. Um, And here's where I think another pivotal mistake is made. In her head, um, she is living in a, almost like her Waldick song where whoever has pledged allegiance to her pledges it in perpetuity forever because that's the honorable thing to do, right? And this is gonna cost her her first massive blow in the war, right? So she's like, they're, they're, we're blood related. Of course they will. She even says, and the Starks as well, right? Because the Starks never met an oath that they didn't follow through with, right? I um, love that comment. It was so great. I'm totally m- not saying it correctly. Um, but yeah, and here's the thing, that heraldic thinking is notoriously what ended up killing British monarchs. Yeah. Where they'd be like, they vowed to follow me. And then they get there and they're like, oh shit, you broke your vow weird i guess i'm gonna die right now It's very common right um but we know that she's like we need the errands like we need the veil we need the tollies we need storms and the Barathians. um and so she's like how do we how do we go remind them of this now to draw people's attention to how badly played this is when we when we see how the high towers set this up right they come with offerings they come with gifts they come with dowries right Rhaenyra and you know I love my queen is I so far stuck, up, stuck up her ass that she's like I don't have to offer anything I'm queen and it's like babes we're negotiating land now
1: we're, we're literally one person is sitting on the actual throne and it's not you and then there's and another person that it. says they're on a crown on a throne wearing a crown and a right. you who do you think they're going to listen to e-
0: exactly so like they're all discussing who they're going to send right which we all as smart watchers should be like very nervous about who they're sending because we can kind of see where this is going we're not going to imagine a world where the hightowers and allison and the greens are not sending someone as well exactly And who do we choose
1: who? Egon.
0: no not Aegon. um Choose- I'm saying
1: the high towers, Chuck. Oh, yeah. The high towers are
0: like, we'll send Aegon, we'll send Amon, we'll send, and we'll send them with like fully loaded. And then she's like, let me send my babies.
1: Let's send my heirs.
0: Let's send my heirs, right? On on dragons that are relatively new, right? They were um, so
1: cute too.
0: Arax is the child of Cyrax, right? The child. So like Cyrax loses a child in this episode as well. Um yeah all right so and it's like
1: driving like a little old jalopy too like that thing had to literally fly pretty fast
0: (laughs) i know i know but not fast enough because when we get to storm's end uh (laughs) eamon's right there and he's come not only before him which is not hard like we said with like a battle axe eight thousand year old dragon right he gets there way faster than um than than luke um, Luceris Luke, and obviously they had a two day head start, and he's come offering you know support riches, but more importantly his hand, right? Yeah. And at that time the there's a currency that's happening with Targaryen blood, that I think the show kind of hints at. Um, so when we saw Aemon in the fighting pits, right, where Eric and Eric found him. Um, or found his, his, his children, right? There's a reason they're so aghast, right? Um, Dragon seeds are very rare. Uh, Dragon seeds are the same thing as snows or sands, right? They're bastards, but dragon seeds are very rare because they're an extremely valuable currency, right? It's what um, the white worm says to Otto Hightower, like, I don't understand how you let this happen under your nose, particularly with with the circumstances at bay, the circumstances she's talking about is you haven't you haven't come and grabbed your grandchildren, like they're worth their weight in gold, right? They're tradable assets, um, and we see that with Amon walking in and becoming the tradable asset to um, Boros Baratheon, the non-reader who never watched.
1: Oh my God!
0: Any reading show whatsoever. I don't know if y'all caught this shade. But we continue to hate on the Baratheons.
1: Because they um, are dumb. Dumb, dumb, dumb. dumb
0: his rocks. Uh, when Luke hands him uh, Rainiera's letter, right, to remind him of his promises, uh, he goes, Maester, because he can't read, y'all. Which is a choice in this world. And it continues this kind of joke we all have of, like, man, the Baratheons are dumb as shit um we we've and we've got a lot of Barathians to pick from right including Gendry to be like yeah dumb dumb as rocks dumb as rocks um but obviously Amen beats out Luke in this negotiation um and interestingly enough can't take the win because when Luke's like okay I'm gonna go home cool guess this didn't work out in the middle of a bloody storm he if he had stayed inside the baratheon quarters he would have been safe because boros when aemon starts being like i'm gonna i'm gonna fuck you up right boros is like not under my my roof acknowledging that he cannot have a dead targaryen under his roof right um but luke leaves instead of saying like let me wait until the storm's over give me a room uh fundamentally setting up his his death um Aemon, having won the battle with the Baratheons decides ah I'm going to torture him just a little bit right this is a deviation from the books Huge. I don't know what I don't know how you felt about it but like they set up that he goes out there to, to fuck with him and stuff and he loses control right and,
1: he and they loses- say it's like an accident that yeah. this all started
0: both of them right so so um arax is really weirded out by Vagar showing up vegar being so big clearly like nervous anxious feels luke's energy of fear just fundamental fear and blows like the equivalent of like a poof <laughs> a little poof a fire but that's, that's
1: pissed him it, off
0: it it's pissed her off <laughs>
1: pissed her him off because dragons are gender neutral <laughs>
0: They're not
1: they're asexual <laughs> they
0: Adaptive. they are gender adaptive. um if if they need someone to create eggs i think if i remember correctly they can be switch sex um but vagar is like i don't think so i don't and think
1: like you messed with the wrong
0: i don't think so baby bitch. and then we get something that this is the deviation we get horror from amond because he's like not able to control vegar very similar to luke yelling at Cyrex, like calm down go we're going home don't fucking don't take the bait and then amon's <laughs> like it was a joke vegar it was a joke it's cool we're all good
1: we're joking we're it's, joking
0: it's i'm just an asshole and then vegar literally eats <laughs> luke
1: well you and think he gets now- away with it for a second and if you've seen like any horror movie you know his time is almost near. I don't, no, wait. What's that? What is the great episode title for Dragon, *Game of Thrones*? And now his time is his, And now his watch has ended. Now his and watch. Now, and ended. now your ride has ended.
0: Now his ride has ended. We just get like a massive chomp, and like vegar's like, I.
1: Just um, out of it, bye. Yeah, he's
0: like, it's me. Hi.
1: <laughs> I'm the problem. Okay. Those are the best TikToks of all time. They day. are the best TikToks.
0: Um, in the book, we have three different accounts of this, um, including my favorite mushroom. Uh, and we get different accounts. One that he was just swallowed up whole, right? Two that he fell to his death. Um, three that he actually hit like all the way down alive and lives the rest of his life as like a dumb, um, fisherman. But in none of the accounts is Amon not responsible for it. To the point where one account even has Amon going down, carving out Luke's eyes to then give it to the Baratheon girl as a as a pre-wedding gift.
1: Because in the books, there's like this whole, if I remember right, the Baratheon girls definitely do egg him on a little bit.
0: Yeah, they do. Um, they egg him on. And also they're kind of like, are you not like a big and bad guy? And like, we have to remember that he's like, young even though the aging is real fucked with he looks older than Amon and he looks like he's in his late 20s and he's literally still in his teens um for the show and I think he's only like 20 something in real life he just looks older but yeah they egg him on but but this is a this is a shift which I'm like if you're gonna make this kind of nuance which I'm cool with it I'm actually really cool with them being like the dragons have agency they are not like one in the same with their they dragon rider. They get pissed too.
1: You they can pissed, burn You think you prick me and I don't bleed? You think you burn me and it doesn't hurt? <laughs>
0: Thank you. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I'm cool with that. I love that. I love when they look for space in the writing to be like, we can play here and also give some exposition on the dragons. What I'm confused about is we do this for Eamon, one of the worst characters in the entire. Song of like not song of ice and uh, dance with dragons, but we're really, really hitting hard on Damon is not redeemable, and it's like I don't need redeemable. Tyrion wasn't redeemable, uh, Cersei wasn't redeemable. Technically, Danny wasn't redeemable, right? They all live in the gray. So I'm just a little annoyed with like what? making this massive leap here of like Amon did not mean to start, and I want folks to know in the book this is the start of the dance of dragons right here. Eamon hits the first domino, not the high towers taking the throne that was expected by everyone. It is Eamon fucking this up right here.
1: And And they also give him like this childish look where he's like, Oh shit.
0: Yeah. He has like a
1: mom's going to be so mad.
0: Exactly. And like that, I will give him credit that that is hard to do in a body that is not reading childlike. Right. Like for most folks, folks they're like he's an adult and I'm like he's not in the books he's not and he should be afraid of his mom right now which he is um so yeah this is this is this is where it all comes to roost right so they don't show this in the show but we know that the that the blacks find out that Luke has died because Cyrax's body washes ashore at Dragonstone And so we get that beautiful scene at the end where Damon, and apparently Matt Smith came up with this choreography of like coming in and telling her from behind where no one sees her process the immediate punch, right? So they're up against the fire. He's letting her know. She doesn't crumble once, right? When she's finding this out. But when she turns, we see a very familiar face and it's the face of Daenerys Targaryen almost.
1: Uh, Our queen.
0: That face, that is the same face melisandra was unalived it's the face of like okay i guess it's time to use my dragons
1: i guess it's time to use my dragons and the and the war has begun
0: and the war has begun and now we wait two years two whole judeo-christian years (laughs) (laughs) i i'm gonna be inching moon
1: cycles how many moon cycles marcy
0: way too many moon cycles, uh, 17, 17 harvest moons, like half a light year. Like <laughs> I'm like so frustrated because I feel like we were very lucky to get this show, which was primarily filmed during a pandemic. Yes. Right. So like, I am perfect. Like for folks who are like, why can't they start filming now? They are starting to film now. They're literally going to film in like three months. And it's, and that is like literally camera to shoot which means the next 3 months are all of the pre-production then we've got march they start like they start shooting and like it takes an insane amount of time post-production for these seasons and like and, and the next like-
1: season's going to have like every dragon fight known to man every i mean
0: dragon like we have there are dragons we should have seen we still haven't seen
1: well we did meet a new dragon Melee's? No, we met a we met a new dragon in the mountains. Remember.
0: Oh, true, true, true. We did. We did. Oh my gosh. Why is my head going blank? Bronze Fury. The Bronze Fury. Okay. Um, yes. And if anyone's asking, what was Damon doing? He was uh singing a lullaby, and that was his brother's dragon. And um it's Balon, right?
1: No, it's Vermithor.
0: Vermithor, okay um is it his brother's
1: dragon yeah it's um so essentially the dragon the bronze fairy vermithor i'm gonna say it horribly um he's one of the largest living dragons second only to Eamon's dragon right now um and so what we do is Vermithor accepted Viserys's grandfather Jaehaerys Targaryen as his rider when he became king. But after Jaehaerys died, Vermithor didn't take a new rider, and he's just essentially been in the caverns of on of um, on Dragon Mount, on Dragonstone, under the volcano, just sitting there for a while, relaxing.
0: Yep. yep. And why this is important is um, a dragon rider once bonded with its dragon never rides a different dragon nor does that dragon let anyone else ride it, right? Bonded for life. However, there are sibling dragons who have, if we look at Luke and, and Jace, right? Their dragons would recognize the boys, right? Only one can ride them, but they would recognize them. They have relationships with them. They, they go on dragon rides together, right? So um, so this like um, this singing of to the dragon is both strategic because Damon's like we need a bigger dragon but also that dragon recognizes Damon and is like I know you
1: he's like I know you girl
0: I know you why are you here where we and going?
1: also Damon's trying to get like he said in he's upping the,
0: the numbers
1: he's upping the numbers because he's saying we are gods we have dragons yeah let me show you
0: <laughs> yeah um so a really cool scene reminding us that like there's strategy to be played that like the high towers won't have right because daemon has a lot more history with targaryens than like alicent one generation in right um he's also collecting dragons and um and we're gonna meet it like you said a ton of new dragons in the next season also rumor is we start off in um in the north
1: yeah, I mean, Craig and Stark and the Starks. I mean, the thing about this show and the reason why we're telling you and we're not going to say what happens right away because I want people to maybe generally be surprised in some way, but things are about to happen. Something big will probably happen in the second season if it's a four season show, right? I, you know, but if
0: everyone's asking why we're saying four seasons, um, it has not been confirmed by HBO, but that is what George R. R. Martin asked for um in this anthology he said it'll take four full seasons to tell this story he also said i think if i remember correctly it'll take three seasons to tell the story of Aegon the conqueror and hbo has not confirmed uh the Aegon the conqueror but we do have it confirmed that they do plan on using the show as an anthology of targaryen stories which if you didn't know the the illustrated anthology came out yesterday um, Wait,
1: my- what came out yesterday illustrated anthology
0: the fire so uh when game of Thrones came out uh an illustrated anthology of Westerosi history.
1: Came. I have that one. And yes. Winnie ate part of the cover. Don't get me started. Winnie. She was a, she, she was a puppy.
0: Thank you. <laughs> so yesterday, a much more in-depth um, fire and ice came out, which is the history of the Targaryens. So when it arrived at my doorstep, I was super, super excited. The weight of it, the art, it's just stunning. So if anyone's listening, is like, how will I make it? to the year 2024
1: what's it called i'm trying to buy it right now
0: i can find it for you right now one second i'm literally pulling up my phone while we record our podcast um
1: oh is it the rise of the dragon and illustrated history of the targaryen dynasty yes volume it is. One?
0: y'all we do not have any type of link or association with amazon obviously because i'm not a monster um so buy it from your local bookstores um if you're in west hollywood buy it from from book soup um if you're in miami buy it from um books and books and just find your local bookstore and find it it will tide you over it is so good um and that's it john we just have to wait have to wait. any final thoughts on this season
1: are you good with waiting marcy
0: i'm no i have i've diagnosed adhd I'm not good with waiting. I'm really frustrated. I already restarted Game of Thrones um, because I'm just like, when you get that warmth of like a world you love being in, I don't like being like, oh, I don't get to be in there for another two years. I don't, I don't. And I think um, the anticipation of getting to go to all these different places is really, and get to meet all these dragons is really exciting. So and the chatter around actors, right? Like I said, there's a lot of chatter about Henry Cavill. There's chatter about Elizabeth Olsen, um, bringing in some of the actors that were in the cut series, right? So there was a Valerian series that was already cut. Um, Sad to report that the Sea Snake series has been cut. And these are all pre-production. So it was never assured that they'd make it forward, right? But picking up some of those actors that are in those would be cool. Yeah, there's folks I would just really love to see in roles because it's a world I love. It's a world
1: you love and it's a world that got screwed over by two bad writers.
0: (laughs) Agreed. Agreed. (laughs) Uh, Oh, and I guess we can close with this. Uh, George R. R. did say this week that he's three quarters of the way done with Winds of Winter, which um, I know anyone who's listening who's listened to us for years and years is like, you're not doing this to yourself again. And it's like, but I am i am
1: i am we are
0: uh and what sucks is that we probably won't get it until 2024 and that's still being real hopeful since we're 10 years in waiting
1: um and then he has a whole nother book
0: i know i know but here's the thing i can't this cannot be the i can't um very similar to house of dragon i would like a redo with the full books
1: oof
0: and if you haven't listened to it there's a really great podcast right now that redid the final season of Game of Thrones. Um all entirely fan written and recorded. Um I'm going to find it real quick. It is absolute magic, y'all. Like it is called The Game of Thrones Season 8 Redux. <laughs> it is Absolutely the best. It's a full cast. The writing is top-notch, and you get to like it fixes everything that went wrong in the final season. So we love you. And to hold you over, we offer Game of Thrones season eight redux. It's not us. We just love their work. Um, it's an amazing podcast. It reads like an audiobook, it reads like a PBS, like full cast reading of an audiobook. So
1: I mean that's season 10 for us, Marcy.
0: That is this is my season 10. Or my season eight. Sorry, my season eight. This is my season eight of Game of Thrones.
1: No, but, but y'all, that's we'll- our season 10.
0: That is our season 10. Um, that's it. We did it. Ten seasons of <sighs> pop culture theologians.
1: And we're coming back for more.
0: Yeah, y'all. Uh, stay tuned because we're definitely going to be covering The Crown.
1: The Crown is going to be. Diana, year's. We are doing the Diana years, everyone, and I need everyone to prepare for the level of shade Marcy and Ann Jeanette, who will be coming back, are going to throw.
0: I'm so ready. All right, y'all, we'll see you in a couple weeks.
1: See you then.